It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And it is Car Cone Carne. I'm James Van Ossel, still doing this thing from home. It is Quarantine Cone Carne, sponsored by our friends at Happy to Meet You. I just, I got sick, sick and tired during this lockdown of going to my local grocery store, getting the meat from there. So I've just turned over to Happy to Meet You. They're Chicago's online butcher shop. They serve the same exact steaks, chops, chicken, sausage that all the local high-end places use. I mean, literally the same stuff. And they deliver it next day. If you're local, get it the next day. Uh, the quality, honestly, the best you'll find. And I, they guarantee you'll be satisfied with what you get. And you will. You can try them out with my help. Use my promo code CARNE, C-A-R-N-E. It's Spanish for meat. Use that to get free local delivery. And I just want to show you real quick. I uh, use them tonight for dinner. I, I use their hot Italian sausage as the focus of my dish this evening. And I posted a picture of what I ate to the Carcon Carne Instagram. And this is what it looks like. I, I, I couldn't wait to the podcast to eat it live on camera. So the hot Italian sausage, steamed it in a cast iron skillet, seared it, uh, topped it with mozzarella and a homemade red sauce, threw it in the oven for, I don't know, five minutes at 500 degrees, pulled it out, minced hot jardinera. That was glorious. That sausage, as good as it gets. Happy to meet you. Happy to M-E-A-T, letter U.com. Again, use my promo code carne i wish i wish there was a scratch and sniff card that i could pass on to let people know how good it smells speaking of scratch and sniff that's an auspicious way to start this martin atkins old friend martin atkins he of pig face public image limited killing joke he's an educator he's an all-around good guy he's also one of the busiest men in rock and roll uh lovely to see you again martin was i just here like a week ago it seems like it time flows so different now in lockdown during COVID, it was August, I think, when last we spoke. But it seems like it was just a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Although I, I feel like I just saw you because I watched the pig face. Uh, oh, and you said really nice things about that. Thank you. Uh, I thought the sound was great. And God, I, I watch you guys and girls. Uh, you just have so much fun on stage. I mean, I know it's a, it's a production. It is an undertaking to do a pig face show and tour, but man, just it, it you couldn't possibly look like you're having a better time well, doing what you do. And, and uh, I don't know how to, say, I don't know how to say this, but, but to have, uh, never mind the three bass players and the five drummers, Leanne, it's like jokers to the left of me, jokers to the right. Leanne's behind me. Danny fucking Carey to my left, Bradley Bills from Chant to the right, uh, uh, um, Randall Bly from Lamb of God. The first night he came out, picked up a drumstick, ding dong, ding bong 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 bong. My God, okay, he's he's into percussion. He played for two hours every single night. <laughs> we just so we just start setting up more and more drums. Then Jesse Hunt comes out with his movable feast of drums. I, I mean, but. To have Jay Lamar, uh, uh, Cam, just Chris and Day come out. They're all mentees of Ad 2 down at the Haven, 47th and King Drive. When they came out, they start spitting hips, tits, lips, power. I'm like, oh, okay, this is it now, you know. And uh, um, uh, Andrew Weiss on bass and Charles Levi and Mary Biker and Leslie Rankin and Enesh, uh, Curse Mackey. Just, I mean, you know, ridiculous, really. You failed to mention Prince Among Men, Chris Connolly. Oh, oh, uh, Chris Connolly. Who else? There's like 15 other people. Yeah, I was going to say you're only like halfway through the list at this point. We, could, it would take the rest of the night to roll off the uh, pig face roster. But that was great. You know, it, I've seen a lot of live shows. I paid for a bunch of live shows during this lockdown. Some are hit or miss. This is something that I, I hope you'll do something with above and beyond that one off stream like commemorated to i don't know a dvd or something uh it was just that good it's funny you should say that um we're just i think we're doing it we're doing something at a drive-in 
on Friday the 27th of November. Um, you know, a bunch of people have been doing driving stuff out sure. at uh, uh, Bridgeview, where the fire play. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool and all, but there's there's a driving place uh, down in Pilsen. Uh, that's where the music box did their uh, music box of horrors. Yeah. It's a yeah. nice little space. So what I can see in my head, just to let you into my world, is here's the drive-in screen, right? And we're going to set the drones up. So the drones see pig face on the screen. And then as they rise up, you get the Chicago home of pig face, home of industrial music. Here's the skyline. Looks like when they cut to the blimp over the gate on oh, Monday night football, you know, let's cut to the drone, you know, so yeah, that's that's coming up sooner than I thought it was going to come up. But yeah, see, I, I thought we were done with drive-in shows just because we live in Chicago and the weather is going to turn something awful. Actually, probably tonight. Uh, but okay, November twenty seventh, it is Thanksgiving weekend, Black yeah. Friday. You put, yeah, but you keep your engines running. I mean, you're not like somebody. Somebody went to a drive-in in California and said, "No, no, no, you've got to turn the engines off." I'm like, "We're not turning the engines off. We're not going to have people." But well. You know, we are going to have a 15-person casualty count at a pig face <laughs> drive-in. Hypothermia claims 10 at a pig face drive-in show. Uh, and we're just, we're just getting the details together, but I can say only one bucket of beer per car. Doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's, it'll be more hot toddy weather than anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm just excited to do something. I'm on my great things happen when you do stuff kick. And as we were talking earlier, um, incapable of sitting still. And that's your thing. You've, you've already done like a week's worth of activity today before we even jumped on this call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but, but it's, it's weird. So I, I spoke at uh, Canada's Indie Week this afternoon and I've been up there a bunch to Toronto and spoken, um, spoken at that thing. I love Canada, by the way. Oh, Toronto is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but in talking to the organizers of that festival, it's their 19th year. They've just, they've been treading water for a while and they canceled it. And they're like, no, we should try it. What are we doing? You know, we've been going since May when we did our MMX thing on May the 9th. We just kept going. Um, so to see people who are still dealing with this, getting to grips with it and, and, Trying to find a way through it makes me want to just keep doing stuff as a little bit of a beacon of hope is the wrong word for a pig face driving movie experience or any of the stuff that we're doing. But just doing something, I think, helps, you know. Oh, I agree. I, I, I went to a couple of those drive in shows in Pilsen, the, the movies, and it just felt great to get out. Because, you know, we live in a world where I've said this before on the podcast, people will say to me, well, what are you doing this weekend? I'm staying home. Um, I, I'm going to be in this spot right here at this desk. This, so the ability to go out, oh my God, see pig face at a drive-in. Yes, please yeah. sign me up. Do that every weekend. Why don't you? I, yes. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. So one of the reasons besides the fact that I adore you, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on tonight, you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and without even providing details, you just said, I'm part of the first ever scratch and sniff music conference. Which the second you said that, I thought of, I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, John Waters, the trashy movie auteur film director, did the movie Polyester. That was the early 80s. And famously, he did it in Odorama. So yeah. the people who went to the movie would get a scratch and sniff card. And when different things happened on screen, a number would flash and they'd scratch off the scratch and sniff card and it could smell like ass or pine or yeah. glue. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> what we're doing. So, um, and, and I saw that movie. There's a great scene in that movie where there's a girl skipping through a field with daisies, and it's like scratch number one, and everybody's like, "Wow, it's going to be daisies!" And you scratch number one, and she treads in a huge pile of cow shit, and everybody's like, "Wow!" So, yeah, uh, the, you should be getting one of these. Oh, great! <laughs> and, and it's a bit. There are uh, eight smells. The seven plus one on the nose, and you could you could see right. I mean, uh, you could see where the scent, the circle of the scent, has been printed. 
These right. are hand screened. Um, and this is me just trying to be like, all right, so we can't touch each other. We can't sweat and bleed and spit in the air and do all the stuff. What can we do? You know, and everybody has like Zoom fatigue. So it's like, all right, well, everybody, before we start our next panel, <laughs> scratch number six. And, you know, and one of them is the smell of money. Some of the smells are really good. Like vanilla is good. My blueberry stuff is really good. The money one, maybe I haven't smelt enough money in my time. <laughs> you are a musician. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so we're just, we're trying to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, uh, it was it was supposed to be a project for myself and my students to do all this printing. But with the virus, I can't have 10 students come down to my print shop. So it's me and my two youngest kids. I'm like, come on, you know. Gotta uh, press them into service. Yeah. And uh, um, one of the smells I can reveal is weed. So uh, my 12-year-old and my 15-year-old are like, wow, it really, the smell really clings to you. I'm like, duh. <laughs> Uh, so so I, the one thing I didn't mention, I, I, I kind of went about this the wrong way. I didn't really talk about what this is tied to, what the conference is. This is part of the Midwest Music Expo. I mentioned that at the very beginning. The Midwest Music Expo is a scratch and sniff conference, the first of its kind, certainly not the last, because this will be a rousing success and something that people want to imitate. If someone comes up with a good idea, everyone wants to take it. Um, explain what the Midwest Music Expo is. So we, I started it with my students down at, uh, at Millican University in Decatur. And it, it's just the most gorgeous campus. Um, the week that I arrived, they opened their Starbucks and a $25 million commons building. You know, I'm like, well, we should do something here, you know. And uh, um, so we did in 2019, we did the first conference. We had a couple of hundred people come up from Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, uh, some some great speakers. Um, and then we were supposed to do our second one in May. And at first we canceled it because that felt like the responsible thing to do. The better job we do on promotion, the worst, the worse it will be for spreading the virus, right? So so we canceled it. And then the week after we canceled, we're like, well, it doesn't feel right to not do anything. We started to do weekly workshops. And on May the 9th, we had the second uh, conference and we tripled our registrations. Uh, Law Tolhurst from The Cure um, did a session. Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, Wendy Day from Rap Coalition. And it was just tremendous. It was a really long day, but it was tremendous. And the students, that, that gave me this kind of ammunition that when anybody was saying, well, everything's terrible, it's over. I'm like, yeah, well, everything is terrible. However, we tripled registrations for our event. We had people from 23 countries, not from 200 miles radius of Decatur. And um, so things started to snowball from there. And this will be our third conference. Um, we've got some great Chicago people. Trey Elder from Quiet Pterodactyl who did the double vinyl album to benefit venues. Situation Chicago, which is a fantastic effort. Yeah. Uh, like, so this is great for me. Like I'm in Chicago and this is why conferences work. You know, I met the people from dark matter down at South by Southwest. And we're all from Chicago. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to talking to Trey. Uh, there's a, like a studio panel. Cause we're all studio geeks. Um, with some great people on that. Uh, Nikki Darko, Audrey Martinovich, Kevin Garnieri, and Trey. Ah, I forget Trey's name from from um, Gravity Studios in Chicago. Um, Wendy Day's doing another panel with us. She, I think she's called. She's really getting into the spirit of it. She's calling it like "sniff out the money" or something. Oh yeah, but totally going in, going in on the theme. I appreciate that. And uh, Scary Lady Sarah's going to be there too, right? Um, I don't think she, she did, uh, uh, she, um, and William interviewed Law Tolhurst in May. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really great. Um, uh, 
We also have Michael Anthony Alago, who you you probably know of Michael. He signed Metallica when he was 20. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also was our label rep with Public Image Limited. So, you know, I, I've met Michael um, and it's really great to speak to him after everything he's done. There's a documentary about him called Who the Fuck Is That Guy? Um, and we're screening that on Thursday night. There's a free screening. Like we were trying to go, how can we pay Netflix to do this? I spoke to Drew Stone, the director. He's like, well, we just got the rights back from Netflix and we worked it all out. So we're showing the documentary seven o'clock on Thursday night. And then Michael and Drew are doing a Q&A afterwards. Then I'm going to speak with him on, on Saturday as well. I love uh, that stuff. That's so cool. And he it's, did, this is free, right? Yeah, it's all free. Well, I mean, we, we did some of these cards. We did like donations for, oh, sorry. <laughs> that one took you by surprise, didn't it? Oh my God. Well, one of the, one of the smells may or may not be burning rubber. So, <laughs> You know, um, so, a, little, a little of that goes a long way, is what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Ad Two is doing a panel on mentorship. Uh, Eddie Sanders is doing a, like a, a legal team building panel. Uh, Galen Lee, Shannon Curtis, and Jamie Hill, and the, uh, Sandra McDonald, I think it is from Chill Harmonic, which is the best name for anything ever. They're doing kind of an alternative touring uh, panel. So. It's going to be a great day. Saturday is going to be a great day. And yeah, and it, it, it's all free. It's all free. And it's scratch and sniff. And it's scratch and sniff. I mean, you had me at free. You throw in the scratch and sniff. And you know, this the high concept is all I need to hear. So well, who is, who's the target? Like, is this for like early 20s people getting into music? Or does this work for musicians of all stripes and ages? Um, I, I think the advice from the panels is going to be great for people starting off. Um, but also for anybody weathering a pandemic, <laughs> which is everybody. Um, there's certainly, uh, uh, there's a health and wellness HR issues panel. Um, I think m most of the panels are going to have that little, what the hell is everybody doing uh, component. Yeah. But um, there's also, um, one of the things I like about the people that I know is that they'll give me their time and they'll give some really crazily honest opinions and advice to people who might be considered to be potential competition, right? So, um, so that's but 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 the overall thing uh, is aimed at lifting anybody up. Right. Like we we had a meeting with the city of Chicago. I don't even know what I think that was Monday. Um, and, and a few people on that call were talking about some of the youth that they're working with, like, you know, tough at the best of times and really tough now with the, uh, our business in slightly in tatters. And so, you know, what a great time for some British, some old British lunatic to, <laughs> to come jumping up and down with a scratch and sniff card. It's a, this smells of banana. Now let me tell you my story. You know, it's like, well, holy crap. I mean, and that's that's this other kind of underlying thing is creativity is awesome. Artistic energy and reaching out is really important. I think that's what the arts are kind of about. It's not about like, look at my art. It's about community, community. And mirror balls, right? It's like community and mirror balls are like, look at the, look, things are really bad, but look at the light dancing on the ceiling. Ooh. And for a moment, you just forget and you go, ooh, and you get a little recharge of your batteries and roll up your sleeves and get back into it. And, and that's the thing that's been felt really important to me, you know, to, to the, um, to the, to the effect that Molly's been driving around Chicago, um, dropping off some cards at Dark Matter. And uh, I'm going over to Jackalope Coffee tomorrow to drop some cards off of there, Mars Brewery. Um, you're getting one in the mail. Yes. Just, just so people can see this, like, look, it, if it was just a scratch and sniff card, it would be like, what the hell is he doing? But uh -huh. it's, 
The graphics are awesome. And it's, it's a really nicely put together, signed and numbered souvenir thing, you know. Uh, and that, that that's so it will be a good conference. I mean that that's that's fine, but but the idea that it will lift some people up and go. That's it. I mean, it can't be. I mean, we're all very aware of what the past eight months have been like. Everyone's stuck at home. Lots of musicians don't know necessarily what that path forward is. Being able to tap into creative energy, like-minded energy, hearing people talk who they may not normally have access to, I, I've got to think that's an important thing that it's a difference maker and can be a difference maker for a lot of people. Well, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but you know, when the lockdown started, uh, I came back down here to the, to the office. I was kind of frightened actually um, to see the level of uh, fear is not the right word. Uh, the, the guys at dark matter were a little bit frozen for a few days with the prospect of 107 employees. And, and I came here uh, and I printed up some, some, some of my stay the fuck inside coffee bags and I signed them and I took them up to dark matter. And over the next 10 days, they sold 300 of those, these $50 combinations and raised $15,000. So the, the, like how silly is it to print a brown paper bag, right? And, but that's kind of really helped me, you know, and it's helped a lot of other, the reason I'm just telling you that right now is, you know, anybody can do this and screen print some bags or shirts or do some things and help either themselves or other people. And the next thing you know, another week's gone by and things are getting a little bit better. You know, you know who's killing it? You know who's absolutely killing it? Melissa Etheridge. I, I have not even been aware of what she's been doing. Oh, my goodness. Um, so in March, yeah, maybe March or April, whenever, March, when the lockdown started, she went straight onto Facebook Live at 3 o'clock and for the next 57 days did a, a free event every day um, until her son... Uh, tragically died with from, from some opioid related uh, complications or something but then um uh, after after a little bit she came back on a new platform and put um she has a thousand subscribers now who pay fifty dollars a month ten dollars a day or fifty dollars a month for her five events a week on melissa etheridge tv whatever she's calling it and every day is different it's cover songs one day her and her partner talk about shit another day. Another day she'll go through her video vault. You know, she's in her garage, you know. Yeah. She's in her garage doing this stuff. And and this this is important, I think. Um, I, I heard a manager talking at an event. Deb Klein, I think, is her manager. And um, she said she has a seven-camera setup, uh, and it's mobile. Because once the lockdown is over, once she can tour, she's not going to sever this new connection she's made with her fans. Right. Why would she? I mean, slightly cynically, she's not going to sever the $50,000 a month pipeline either. But that's, that is too cynical because this, this connection is real and she's going to take this seven camera rig on the road. And so if, if you're at home thinking – once this is all over, I'm going to make some moves. You, you're screwed because people like Melissa Etheridge have already made, she's already on version three. She did the Facebook thing, couldn't monetize it, didn't get the, the email exchange and the data that they wanted. Mm -hmm. So they launched on a new platform called Maestro. And now during this long conversation, they're seeing uh, Melissa's fans come online, uh, about 700 of the thousand subscribers every day. And they're forming little chat groups. Sure. So now they're working with the software developers to facilitate small chat groups. And if you saw um, Cold Waves did a fantastic job on the thing, when was that? Two months ago? The Not even. It was, I, you know, I guess it was September. Yeah. I, again, dates and times don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but but I was watching that on Twitch. I also had a Facebook uh, chat thing going. But if you're on Twitch, you know, by the time I responded to somebody, <laughs> I mean, my response was two miles down the text thing. So I absolutely understood what Melissa, wow, Melissa Etheridge was saying. Right, we're gonna we're gonna facilitate these these groups uh, and nurture relationships for other people that that are, that are part of her whole situation. So and this makes sense to me because I've always understood one of the basics of marketing is to really strike a chord with a small group of highly interested people. It's a lot different than filling an arena, but if you have 1,000 fans who will take a bullet for you, metaphorically, I, you, you can't put a price tag on that. Right. Well, you can, $50,000 a month. There it is. There it is. But, but, uh, but I went to look at her site, and it wasn't – I mean, I can talk because my invisible record site is probably like down for maintenance or just has been hacked. But um, – <laughs> But it wasn't much. It was like a list of the things. And then I see like two weeks from now, the Melissa Etheridge cruise. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. No one's going on a cruise and neither is she. It's just a pretend cruise where she'll probably have like a circular porthole window, fake window behind her, you know, and everybody's going to pretend they'll have some like umbrella drinks and pretend they're on a cruise. And, And now here's the merchandise that goes with her pretend cruise. Brilliant. Brilliant. Like, like, oh my God. So, so um, I urge anybody who's struggling with any of this, stop struggling, roll up your sleeves and start just doing something. And um, because you need to become familiar, you know, I was on, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Yard, StreamYard, mm-hmm. that platform yesterday. Um, Which I think is very easy to use. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, uh, um, and I think it sits on top of OBS, but like mm-hmm. it seemed really easy. And then um, I was on Hoover, W-H-O-V-A. Uh, that was my second time in a week. I'm like, oh, okay, where's the chat? What's going on here? Let me sign in, get my emails on Hoover as part of this other conference. And so, but if if you're not diving in, now I can be like, okay, what's this platform number seven this week? You know, you become better at skating around all this stuff. For sure. Having an ADD, OCD, whatever, freak out. It, it's interesting. You mentioned Melissa Etheridge, and we see the stuff you do. I'm finding that a lot of more veteran, which is a euphemistic way to say older artists, are, are really embracing the opportunities. Robin Hitchcock, I think, is doing like two shows a week from home, and it's him being totally fucking weird with his cats and his girlfriend playing obscure soft boys songs from 1979 and going deep on Brian Ferry covers. Uh, I had Midyear on uh, like a month or two ago, oh, wow. and he's doing uh, a Patreon thing. He's got a, a camera set up, like multi-camera, kind of like Melissa. Um, private performances he has probably doesn't have 1000 fans like melissa does but he has a small core that turn up for all of his private events and he's got this rig which like melissa Etheridge, he can take out on the road once this veil lifts and it's just interesting that some of the more veteran artists are really finding a way through this being out of necessity desire creative urge whatever they're they're doing it well uh it doesn't seem crazy to me like I was watching TV today and there's a new pizza thing. I think it's called Pie-tastic or something like that. No, it's called Pistro. <laughs> I like that even more. <laughs> right. And it's basically like, it's this huge, it's like the size of a small car, like a pizza vending machine with a huge window. And you're like, yeah, hey, and you type in your toppings and boop, 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 boop. it throws down all this like, impossible to go bad pepperoni whatever you know handfuls of cheese in it like you know fries it under a and it comes out the other side and i just that was like when i heard about the first drum machine you know in 1978 i'm like oh shit it's over for me there's a machine you know and actually you know guitarists and bass players who love to poke fun at drummers like yeah well 
<laughs> TikTok, Martin. You know, there's a machine for that now. And um, and what what shitty drum machines did, and are still doing, is making life difficult for shitty drummers. And this and the Pistro is going to make things difficult for mediocre pizzas, right? And and but once you've been through the drum machine. And like, once you've had your own analog tape recording studio, and it's like, no, 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 we've all gone digital. What's best analog, right? Everybody's doing everything from home. And then it's like vinyl and cassette and eight tracks. And then it's CDs and then it's iTunes and it's streaming. And then Spotify want to have you pay to be, to get exposure. It's like, you know, don't get me started on Spotify. And now, right. Once you've been through all the stuff, it's like, it's a Tuesday. I mean, it literally is a Tuesday. And so the people who've been through that, the people who've been on the road, um, and just any artists out there, don't forget that we can't tour right now, but don't forget that experience of walking into a shitty club you thought had been bombed the night before, and it just hadn't been cleaned yet with the monitors that don't work, the bathroom that doesn't work, the microphones that give you electric shocks, the, the front of house where all the 18s are blown. And you just, you work through and where you can't, the, the stage is too low for your all of your scenery. And, you know, you just make it work. And so you've got all these veterans who just used to rolling up their sleeves and making it work. And, um, um, rather than disappoint an audience in Toledo on a Tuesday night, um, they just make the best of it. And, and um, I think that's really, that's one of the reasons I love teaching music business stuff because it works everywhere else. And that was my next question. I mean, you've, you've accomplished plenty as a musician throughout your career and you've spent so much of your time and energy focused on bringing up this next generation of musicians as an educator. Where does that come from? Is education in your blood? Was it something that you were interested in had you not gone into music? Or is this something you feel is like some kind of karmic responsibility as someone who's advanced to a certain level that you need to give it back? Uh, yeah, no. Um, no, no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's like, it's just, um, If you know, we, we did a thing, um, I'm, you might have heard of the uh, Pomplemousse tour fiasco where they played to 1,100 people in San Francisco. They did 24 shows and they lost $12,000. Well, I pulled that tour. I do free touring classes on a Monday night and a Saturday morning, you know, in my spare time. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> we give everybody my books for free as well. Like, how can you not, right? But um, I went through. I went through the budget. I did some cost projections. I, I made them an extra two hundred and eleven thousand dollars, <laughs> and that was without withholding the fee that they paid to their business managers. Like, how do you lose eleven thousand dollars and then you pay your business manager for the advice? Right. So um, I think it's like once you get to a certain point, like how could I? How could I not sit down with somebody and go, hey, look at this. They could have done this, you know. Um, and as far as education goes, uh, yeah, I mean, I have four boys of my own. And so um, uh, I, I feel a certain um, responsibility to throw this stuff out there to pollute their world, you know, a little bit. Um, and also being down here on the south side, I mean – it's, it can get a little bit crispy down here and um, absolutely feel a responsibility to help anybody who, uh, who hasn't been helped for a while, you know? Um, so, so um, yeah, so we're exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people on the outside might look at this like, why, why is he spending so much time with musicians or trying to help? I, I'm a big believer in, sharing whatever knowledge you have. It, it elevates the industry you're in, the field you're in, the, the arts you create, if there are more people delivering better examples of it. I, 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 I'm by no means an expert at podcasting, but I'm absolutely thrilled to share what I know with someone who's interested in doing it. 
because it can be a little muddy trying to navigate through it. Like the more the merrier. Let's 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 all better ourselves at the same time. I had a moment uh, definitely 12 years ago before Torsmark came out. Um, somebody just said to me, really? You're putting that in a book and you're selling it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, isn't it great? They're like, well, that will be the last consulting job you ever get. And I'm like, what do you, I didn't have any consulting jobs anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what I'm, and I actually stopped for a minute. I'm like, whoa. You know, is that? And I'm like, oh fuck it, you know. And and what I didn't realize was by by sharing that. I mean, I've been around. I've been, I've been to more places speaking than I have been drumming, and I've been to a lot of places drumming. Mm-hmm. And um, there are all of these other things that I didn't realize would happen after the book. Um, uh, you know more teaching opportunities, more speaking opportunities, and exposure to a bunch of um, other things. People who have mentored me, um, you know, they see me doing my thing. And so, um, you know, there's still people around from a generation above me who are very happy to to mentor me and throw some advice, you know. So, um, I mean, I don't want to be sitting here like I'm not, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur, but... Um, I think there's very clearly a time where I've got no interest in selling my books. You know, I'm like, sign up for my classes. Like, yeah, sign up for my classes, but they're free. And here's a book. Because it's like, and that comes from music, right? If yeah. if you've ever played on an album or a single that someone said to you, you got me through a really bad breakup or this, you know, my dad died or something happened. And, uh, your music got me through that period in my life, then how can you not strive to stoke those fires during a fucking global pandemic, <laughs> right? You know, if, if, if you, you know, you've got some time on your hands and you want a 650 page book that says fuck a lot, be my guest, you know? Yeah. You said something in there, in there about, a song that got someone through a bad time. And as you were saying that I flash back to Trent Reznor's acceptance speech for the rock and roll hall of fame this weekend, he said something very similar as he accepted his award. How do you feel about Nine Inch Nails getting inducted this past weekend? Uh, Makes me feel old, you know, you know, um, uh, yeah, it it makes me feel old And, and good for him. You know, I, I felt as though, and I don't know the inner workings of that stuff. I mean, I'm in a video and I worked on a couple of songs with them, but um, I, I, so you're so dismissive. You worked on a couple of songs, one of which won a Grammy. Well, okay. Yeah. But you know, um, it was also the beat from ballroom blitz by the suite. Right? <laughs> <Great song>. um, <laughs> um, uh, I felt as though I thought Rich Patrick should have been involved in that he felt like he was a big part of the, the beginning of that. I, I don't know, but it's like, yeah, whatever. Somebody was saying to me online, you know, now PIL needs to be inducted. I'm like, well, you know, John believes he did all of that himself anyway. So no, he's not going to call anybody. And, you know, um, but, but I, I, yeah. I, is, is Melissa Etheridge inducted? Cause she should be as well. I don't know the answer to that. I, I feel like she is like Rolling Stone Rock and Roll Hall of Fame establishment type artist, and she should probably already be there. Well, because she's kicking ass. So, I mean, it's great to see. Uh, it's nostalgic, and it makes me feel old to see uh, that happen with Nine Inch Nails. But it's like it's it's great. Of course, it's great. And uh, you know, T Rex. Uh, one thing I, I, I'm learning as I'm trying to teach myself guitar during this pandemic, uh, some of my fa- some of my favorite riffs, T-Rex riffs, they're actually really easy. Oh, that, yeah. that was like 20th Century Boy couldn't be easier, and it's one of my favorite riffs in the history of rock and roll. I used to I used to sit in front of the TV and watch uh, T-Rex, Sweet, Slade, Mud, Bay City Rollers, and uh, you know I I spoke on Sunday. An event in Manchester called Louder Than Words, and Don Powell, the drummer from Slade, was one of the speakers. And I was just like, "Yeah, 
If <laughs> ten-year-old, you know, I mean, you know, we're still seven thousand miles apart, but it felt really, it felt really great to be on a, a, a web ad <laughs> with Don Powell from Slade. Yeah, that was really good. And we are getting a little bit off topic. This weekend is the Midwest Music Expo. It is scratch and sniff. It is also free. Uh, and the, the the people who you have talking this year, fantastic. Uh, you mentioned Wendy Day um, and Lowell's doing it again. Lowell Tullhurst. No, Michael no. Anthony Alago. Sorry. Uh, add two. Greg Spiro from WeBid. Trey Elder. Trey Elder, yes. <laughs> Wendy Day. Uh, Shannon Curtis, Jamie Hill, Galen Lee, Sarah McDonald from Chill Harmonic, Shauna Potter of War on Women, Ace Peaver from Over the Bridge, uh, Eddie Sanders, uh, Chicago-based uh, attorney of repute, Kevin Garnieri, who Kevin was on oh, somebody huge. He's worked with a bunch of huge people, like 10 years LA producer. He also teaches at Millican. That's how I got him to do it. Uh, Gray Taxon from Gravity Studios, Audio Martinovich from Audio from the Arts, Nikki Darko from Black Lion Audio. I mean, just uh, a ton of great people and, and this experiment, right? So one of the things I like to tell people is about the value of stories. And it, do I have time to tell you a, a little story? Martin, I literally am going nowhere until at least 2021. Okay. Okay, so this journalist did an experiment. Uh, he bought 200 items off of eBay for $129. He got friends, he hired some people to attach a story to each of these understandably fairly shitty items, right? A milk jug, a coffee cup, this kind of horse's head, but you know, pottery. Um, and then put the items back on eBay with the stories. This was, this horse's head was in my grandma's house. I'll never forget every time I came down the stairs, I'd see it with a shadow from the early morning sun and blah, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, and grandma was over the kitchen table, snorting cocaine, <laughs> whatever. And uh, the, he sold those items for $8,000. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. And this is a TED talk. It, this is real. I didn't just make this up. And I'm like, really? And I went, I keep going back, like, really? Eight, yeah, I thought it was 200 items. It was 129 items that he then sold for $8,000. And um, the horse's head in question, he paid 40 cents for, and he sold it for $80. <laughs> so people are emotional and they, they, they respond to things that, that strike their heart. Right. So, so stories are powerful and connections are powerful. And the olfactory system, the, the system of smell, is the deepest, hardest, most permanent way to fix a memory in the brain. So, like when you smell something when you're out in the world and it takes you back to that time in 1987 when you were at the mall and you ran into that one girl, like stuff like that? Well, we don't need to delve too deeply into your sordid past. James? That even, that's, that's wholesome. That's like Archie Andrews, 1950s stuff. Come on. Okay. Okay. But yeah. So baby powder, this is like, Oh, there's a smell, right. That takes you, that takes you to a certain place. So maybe, you know, it's, it, it sounds like I'm being altruistic and it's free, but maybe anytime you smell like burning rubber, I'm not saying that one of these is burning <laughs> rubber, <laughs> Anytime you smell burning rubber, oh, I must register for Martin's new seminar, right? So I'll just drive around Chicago burning rubber with the spray and getting everybody to remember. That makes total sense to me. I, I love, I love that you keep challenging yourself to come up with new stuff, which on paper sounds batshit, but hearing it explained makes perfect sense. Well, thank you. <laughs> it is a compliment. I swear, it didn't sound that way. But also, um, one of the, you know, I throw blueberry muffins at the end of every lecture I've done for 15 years. And the reason I do that is <clears throat> my journey with scratch and sniff started a long time ago. I, I did blueberry scratch and sniff on a, a white vinyl seven inch 
for a Chicago band called The Countdown. Uh, they were signed to my label for a while. And so... I, I somehow missed this. That's brilliant. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one. And so what I would do, like 10 years ago when I would speak, everybody was just freaking out. We can't give music away. <laughs> just wait a few years. <laughs> yeah. There's no piracy anymore. It's just called Spotify. But... <laughs> you swore you wouldn't go there. No. So I would, I would hand these seven-inch singles out to everybody in the audience and go, right, so, wow. And they would scratch and, oh, my God, it's blueberries. I'm like, wow, I just handed out a few of those. So I just completely disrupted my ability to make any money. They're like, yeah, you did. This guy's an idiot. I'm like, but did everybody, did everybody smell the blueberry? And everybody's like, yeah. I'm like, well, does anybody feel like a blueberry muffin? And people are like, oh, fuck. People would have killed for a blue. So then I start dangling these blueberry muffins and people start reaching in their pockets that I'm, I've got to have a blueberry muffin. And then I throw the muffins at people. And then, of course, People go mad for a while eating muffins and then realize I've sabotaged another revenue stream. And then I'm like, okay, who does anybody want a glass of milk? Like we could just keep going. Right. So everything is fluid. Um, and you could just keep challenging yourself. Like here's the thing you used to sell, give it away. And what, what opportunity does that create? You know, uh, maybe the milk's free, but it's in a souvenir, specially embossed plastic cup. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, maybe, you, I, I don't know, but but it's more of a thing than no thing. And, and certainly the smell of blueberries, uh, the existence of blueberries, people joke about that all the time with my lectures now. So um, maybe if people smell blueberries, they, they go and buy one of my books. I don't know. I do like this approach that you've been talking about this whole time. It is to look at things from a non-traditional perspective. I think people have a very fixed concept of how to get from where they are now to that next marker along the way. But the truth is it's not a direct path and it zigzags and it goes in circles and in unforeseen directions. And you have to be able to train your, your mind to figure out what those tangents are. Because those are the ones that I think really are rewarding. I, I've got such a great story for you. Um, yeah, the, there is no straight line from A to B. And I've accumulated a few of those stories. But if I was to ask you or anybody tuning in, how do you get to be on the floor of the New York City Stock Exchange as a trader? Right. So you can map out in your head that path. Well, I guess you've got to go to school. You've got to do this and do this. You've got to sit this exam and do, 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 right? And there's that path. Nothing ever happens like that, ever. So I was talking to this guy last week. Uh, my friend Ted Cohen introduced us. And he was a, a Wall Street uh, trader. And I said to him, how did that happen? How did that happen? He said, well, it's very interesting. It's not what you might think. I'm like, oh, <laughs> tell me. Uh, said, well, uh, we had this uh, very young female dog and our neighbor had quite an aggressive male dog and that male dog impregnated our very young female uh, dog. And we had to, she was too young to have a litter. So she had to have a procedure to, to get rid of the, the, uh, the puppies, you know, and it was just really traumatic and horrible and distressing for everybody. And at the end of this horrifying two weeks, the next door neighbor said to this guy's mom, God, is there anything I could ever do to make it up to you? And she's like, yeah, get my son a job. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, so, so that's how things happen. Right. And, and I think any smart people listening, which is everybody, everybody's smart, right? They'll immediately like try and start strategizing what to do. Martin's right. I'm going to don't fucking strategize anything. Print a brown paper bag. Do the equivalent of something like that, that, that doesn't cost much, that doesn't, it's okay if it, if it takes a bunch of energy and time because we all have that, right? Uh, most of us do, I think. 
it's good to get rid of some energy. And maybe it's not the uh, a successful coffee thing that generates a bunch of money. Maybe it just helps something over here. We sent these bags um, with some shirts to venues around the country. They put drinks tickets in the bags and sold the bags for like $50, like a shirt, a button, signed by me, four or five drinks tickets. It's like the hideout do this kind of stuff, right? And, and it's like, next thing you know, a couple of weeks have gone by and you've made another payment and the rent's been paid. And it's like, you, you catch a little bit of air, just tiny, small stuff, tiny, small stuff. Uh, that's great advice. And when you told the story about being on the stock exchange, I still hear from students and people of college age, I want to go into radio. How do I get an internship? How do I become an on-air personality? And I'll say, well, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm in school. Okay, but what are you doing like to be a personality? Well, I, I want to work my way up to do this and that. I'm like, you have a microphone and recording system in your, in your front pocket. Like you're a radio personality right now, pull it out of your pocket, start doing something. Because again, there's that idea I need to, this is what is prescribed. You, you have to untrain yourself from all those lessons you've been told. You got to figure it out on your own. Right. That's so that's the, I always ask everybody that I talk to at any of these events. All right, this and that, this and that. How did you get your start? How did it all happen? And I know Michael, Michael Alago, who, uh, who's doing the, uh, the subject of this documentary on Thursday. Michael Alago just started skipping, <laughs> like playing hooky from home and school uh, at the age of 15, 16 in, in Brooklyn and going to shows all over New York all night. He ended up booking the Ritz in New York City at the age of 19. That's amazing. And, and so, you know, that, that's something that feels like it's missing a bit. You know, I joined PIL at the end of my 19th year. You know, uh, by the time, uh, you know, I was in and out of pill in five years. By the time I was 24, I was doing something else. And I see lots of people waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, you lose the ability to sleep on floors and have a different risk assessment, you know, of your own uh, personal comfort. I, I think the guy who worked on, was it Bruce Springsteen's album or something like slept underneath the console at the studio? You know, I think it would be great to look at a hundred people who got somewhere um, and find out how they did it. Cause it's not the way you think it's sure. not a straight line and it involved all kinds of risk and sacrifice and, um, um, risk and sacrifice that, that I think a bunch of people would have problems with today. You know, when I joined Killing Joke, I'd filed for a resident alien status in the U.S. because I'd been here for four years at that point. And I, I was on a multiple entry H1 visa courtesy of Warner Brothers with PIL. And um, so I filed, I did all my FBI stuff, the fingerprints, all this stuff. And, but I was told if I got on a plane to go and audition, it wasn't an audition. They're like, come and join our band. But if it had gone wrong, it wouldn't have lasted very long. But I knew getting on that plane that if things didn't work out, I could have been in England for two years. While, while the FBI, Scotland, Yard, they do all these checks as a matter of course, you know. And... Um, uh, I, I, I see caution, uh, maybe rightly, uh, but I see a lot of caution from kids these days. Um, and Richard Branson said, uh, leap before you look. Yeah, you know, that's it. A bit more of that, you know. I, I want to read a couple comments before we wrap. Um, let's see. Tom says, hell yeah, go Martin. Uh, Molly would like to remind us about what's happening this weekend, which is to say the Midwest Music Expo. It is free and you can sign up for that. And uh, amazing after morning and afternoon of uh, learning. Um, let's see, people are excited about Trey Elder. Uh, Natalie is excited about Dark Matter Coffee. We all are. Um, 
Let's see. Christian, I don't know what specifically he was referring to. He said, well stated. That could apply to anything Martin said tonight. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, Rob is excited about scratch and sniff. So say we all. Um, Clarissa says, Martin, you rock. Could listen to you all day. Well, thank you, Clarissa. Uh, let's see. Oh, who is the producer? You're trying to figure out his credentials. Uh, Mason says he produced for, Mar uh, for Mariah Carey. He's one of your panelists on oh, Saturday. Oh, oh uh, Kevin Garnieri. Mariah Carey? Holy shit. He also did maybe maybe more in our uh, ballpark. Uh, he works with um, uh, uh, the, the Mescaleros. Who's the guy from The Clash? It's Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer, yeah, yeah. He, he played me some multi-tracks of that stuff. Yeah. I love the Mescalero stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kevin is like, I mean, he's really, uh, yeah, top top flight stuff. Yeah. Hey, can I, t can I just tell you something? Yes. So I got this thing, Gathwidis, great things happen when you do stuff. That's my acronym. Nothing happens when you don't. But, yeah, it's crazy to do a scratch and sniff event. But for me to be on speakerphone with Michael Alargo, and if you know him, you'll know him after watching the documentary on Thursday. But he's like, I'm like, we're doing a scratch and sniff. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know? And um, I'm like, maybe there's a Metallica video, you know, where there's a wheel spinning. We could do like a burnt rubber thing that would be kind of shocking to the nose. He's like, no, I want the smell of sweaty boys in a mosh pit. Or failing that a jock strap. And I'm like, okay, then, uh, you know, so then I'm on the phone to the scent company. Hello. <laughs> Do you have anything uh, like a sweaty, salty jock strap eater? And, you know, they sent me like 15 sample of cards <laughs> go from like onion to garlic to cheese, basically. Uh, just very disappointing. Um, uh, Michael got really upset with me. You know, so I'm like, this is fantastic. You know, just like the stockbroker story, like who's had an argument with Michael Alago about failing to deliver the smell of sweaty boys? Like me, I have. Hey, that is that is definitely some John Waters level shit there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, as you said, the whole thing is absolutely inspired by John Waters. And but but when you said other people will copy this. Go ahead, because it's a fucking nightmare. Print, <laughs> eight printing eight different scents on a car. Are you kidding? Like, yeah, go ahead and copy this idea. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. And we, we talk, every time I talk to you, we talk about innovation, creativity, finding your muse. People may not copy this directly, but it may light a spark for some other seemingly bonkers idea that connects. I mean, I love using you as a linchpin for ideation. I love stuff like this. No such thing as bonkers. I tell you something that I thought was bonkers. <laughs> the, the plush Martin Adkins. This girl says to me, I, I want to make a voodoo doll. I'm like, go get away from me, you know, and you know, 3000 voodoo dolls later, the, one of these is on the shelf at tiny desk. Uh, at NPR, somebody just told me, I saw Sting. I just saw Sting, and you're in the background. <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan on NPR, and I'm in the background. There's no such thing as crazy. <laughs> here, here, this is my artist rendering of the Martin Atkins voodoo doll. <laughs> For people who are just listening, I have a chalkboard behind me whenever I do the video recording, and I write down the episode number of Carcon Carney. It's just in the background, just as a subtle reminder, especially to me when the show's over and I've got to start writing up what the show's about. Uh, for this episode, I just drew Martin Atkins, or the plush version of him. Yeah. Best fun. I could do on a chalkboard. No, it's fine. It's, it's absolutely spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm surprised you didn't get, like, Facebook recognition. On that. <laughs> That's right. I, I trigger some kind of algorithm. Just by posting that. Uh, all right, Martin Atkins, you've had a busy day. You, you've, as always, you're incredibly generous with your time. The Midwest Music Expo, where are people going to sign up for this? Oh, my goodness. Is Molly there with a link? Well, if you're watching on Facebook, the link is all over the chat. So that, that's a good place to look. In fact, if you're listening to this after the fact, Carcon Carney's Facebook in the chat with Martin, uh, tons of links. But if you, if you Google Midwest Music Expo, I mean, we all know how to navigate the Internet. 
Follow me on Twitter, M-A-R-T-E-E-E-E-N. You could go to martinatkins.com. All of the Midwest Music Expo is there, plus you grab a free book while you're there. Uh, the, the information's all over the place. It's free to register for Thursday night and for all day Saturday. I love it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching on Facebook. Much appreciated. Thank you, of course, for listening and for watching on YouTube.